For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. From the Stop Beck movement to today's unfoxmycablebox.com movement my guest has done an incredible job over the years holding fox news and other right-wing media accountable he watches fox so you don't have to in fact his organization does watch fox mediamatters.org ladies and gentlemen joining us now always a pleasure to have him is the president of media matters org Angelo Carasone. Angelo, I trust that you and yours are keeping safe and protected. That's right. Thank you. How's yes. how's the staff? Everybody on the staff okay too? Yeah, I mean everyone's holding up. I think um you know, they're all sort of hunkered down at home. And that's the hardest thing is you're doing all this monitoring by yourself so they don't get a break. You know, they're they're simmered in the news, which is not which is especially tough to watch these days. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, everyone's doing good. Thank you. You might have to treat your staff like air traffic controllers, you know, because it's like maybe there's like a mandate. Air traffic controllers can only watch <laughs> that screen for so long before they lose their mind. They have to pull away it's from true. it and you have to rotate people out. Cause it's true. And, you know, <laughs> when you're in the office and you're together, you can actually – tell some you can tell when some oh boy you should take a break for an hour yeah, you know yeah. it's harder to do that when you're not with them yeah and yeah. i think that's the toughest job that some of the managers and like more senior people have right now is trying to figure out how to read the room when when there's no room yeah yeah and, and so for for those of us who don't digest as much news as your team does i mean that's your job that's the service you do for yeah. all of us for those of us who don't even digest as much the the news is 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 depressing and is damaging so i can only imagine what your folks are saying and uh, as your lead story has says and has been pointing out const- consistently fox news is pretty much leading in endangering people's lives yes there's no greater i mean They've always been a threat, right? But the 
connection between their misinformation and the harm. There's always been at least a few degrees of separation, so it was harder to see it. Right now, there's no degree, there's no separation. Their, their misinformation directly connects to harms. And so when they're out there, and this is, this is the deadliest week so far of this virus. And yet, if you were to watch Fox or listen to talk radio, but Fox is really the tip of the spear, they are telling people that Trump has essentially cured this with hydroxychloroquine um, and that the cure can't be worse than the disease uh, and that it's time to um, uh, th that all the models were proven wrong, that those, you know, you know, those experts that they said it was 100,000 people were going to die. 100,000 people are not going to die now because the models improved. And so they were wrong, which means that by the fact of it, they were also wrong about the policy recommendations to, you know, social distance and quarantine and self-isolate. And therefore, we need to get back to work. So another week or two and let's go. Let's roll. Turn the economy back on. And that's what they're saying. Deadliest week. That's the narrative on Fox News. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. What do they think that wins them? by making that argument seems to me you win more friends and influence more people if you at least acted like you were trying to save their lives <laughs> i don't i don't get it. <laughs> i think that they uh, uh, i've thought about this a lot and you know part of it is connected to what sounds it, it, it sounds ridiculous but it it is it, they meant they've started to talk about it more so part of it is connected to you know, they spent decades denying the idea that climate change is real. And one of the, you know, the only, I went back and looked, the only other time outside of this time period that Fox and the right wing have ever talked about models in any meaningful way is not in projections about, you know, the healthcare or budget shutdowns or any of that stuff. They've talked about it in the context of climate change. And all they've ever said is that scientists are liars and their models are wrong. Don't believe them. And every so often they run a story, right, which is like, you know, the model was proven incorrect, the warnings are hysterical, they said that all the ice caps are going to be gone by now, they're still there, right? Like, so they spent decades part of them saying don't believe these people. And I, I, don't, I think it's important for them to not to continue a piece of that narrative, which is that experts themselves are fundamentally at odds with, with the way you live your life. I think a huge part of it is strictly partisan, which is they need to navigate this in a way so that Trump cannot be held accountable for any of the blame uh, attributed to the mass death. So, you know, by denying it for a while and pretending that they have not denied it, now they've said they were the first out there to be aggressive about it, um, and that everybody else is lying about them, that they never denied it, that they were the first. Totally untrue. But now that the models have sort of adjusted, they can make the case that Trump really has been successful. And I think a piece of it is, you know, that they have, um, you know, that, that, that they, uh, that they're partisan. And I think the third part, and this is the thing that genuinely, it, it's hard to fathom, but it really is the thing that scares me the most, is that at some point the train leaves the station. And, you know, Fox doesn't have, a, they have, they can steer part of their audience, but I'm sorry, th th these people are foxed up. Yeah. And so they're never, you can't just go out there one day and tell them, hey, everybody, we got to listen to the scientists, you know, stay home, right. be safe. This invisible enemy will get you. Right? You can't you cannot tell the Fox News. These are the same people that 10 years ago were saying when the census worker comes to your house to check your census, shoot, bring a shotgun to the porch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Like, you, this is, this, you can't just, you can't unwind this so easily. So mm-hmm. I think a part of it is they understand that they have to navigate this in a sensitive way because they could deal with the backlash from their audience, including from Trump. You know, I mean, he loves One America News right now, um, partly because he thinks Fox is being a little too soft. And on One America News, they're telling people to put hair dryers up their nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that this is this is all so insane. Um, it it you know, as you were explaining that too, obviously, Fox has also uh, delved at the very least, dipped its toe in the waters of conspiracy. So, you know, and, and there'll always be an audience for conspiracy. I mean, you and I could start a podcast tomorrow just on conspiracies and it would go viral. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's just, it's like UFOs and everything else. And so I, I guess there's some conspiratorial value in saying this is not as bad and the, it's the economy needs to, I mean, I guess that what 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 is what they must also think is part of the appeal. It is. There's a conspiratorial part of it, right? Which is that you know because they have suggested a few times um, and, and said on, on multiple programs that this this coronavirus has unique properties that can only have happened if it was built in a lab, mm. um, and that the lab probably was in China, but also could have been somewhere here at the CDC even as part of a deep state. This is on Fox News. And I think connected a little bit to the conspiracy side of it, but more broadly the storytelling piece, I think, and this is, it's there, you know, when when you're immersed in it, it's clear that I, I, it it sounds like it's far away, but it really isn't. There is a, a genuine aspect of white supremacy happening here, which is that when one of the undercurrents of the narrative that even on Fox, but in very much of right-wing media is, look, it's only going to kill certain kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they say. I mean, their basic point is, look, sir, some people are going to die. Even Bill, Bill O'Reilly said it yesterday on, 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 on an interview with Hannity, which was, look, the people that this is killing are people that were going to die soon anyway. So he says, that's not true, Right. But there is this idea that, you know, and if you look at, you know, what I try to do, and this is one of the things I think that we do well, is we look at the stuff that's happening on Fox, on some of their programming, and then we try to look at, you know, the more extreme distilled versions of that in, like, you know, the V-Dare and these real gen, you know, these explicit white nationalist pieces of, of, of media. And we look for reflections. Like, is it the case that Fox is refracting parts of this in a way that they're giving a wink and a nod to these constituencies. So a big thing that we've seen in the last few weeks is a surge in QAnon conspiracy theories uh, and promotion of it, not just on Fox, but by Trump himself. And one of the undercurrents there is this is, you know, this the part of the reason you don't have to be super concerned about this virus is that there's an overlap with certain genetics. And it just it really disproportionately. Yes, yeah, some people will get sick, but it disproportionately kills people of color, um, certain Europeans, like Italians, uh, you know, and, and they just go, go right down the chain. And, and, that's, and that, I, that is a part of it, which is that they've convinced part of their audience, you don't have to be so scared of this because it's not going to really come for you. And, and I, I think that's a piece that is unsettling when you really add it all up because they're, they're, the, when they do embrace it, their basic 
way of dismissing it is, but it's only going to affect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, the partisanship is clear, too, to me in the context of the economy. One thing that Trump yeah. knows, he doesn't know anything, but he knows one thing, is that bad economy threatens re-election. He, he got that. He doesn't get anything else in life, but he gets that. And so here I see in that the utter desperation to restart the economy. But but only so yeah. far now, because in in Britain and other countries, the government is paying people salaries. So yep. so the economy. But we're not going to go. We, we got we're going to we got to keep the economy afloat, Angelo. But we only gonna go so far. We could keep it afloat if we just pay people salaries, but we're not going to do that. We have right. to create this this illusion <laughs> that that's right that we're ready to start it. It's ready to go. This doesn't need to happen. And as soon as we press that button and reopen it, it's just going to automatically start flowing again. Yep, it's true. And they and this is the thing where when you look at that as part of the media part of it, this is also where I think you know, Democrats could do a better job across the board too in in responding to because you hit the nail on the head there in responding to people's feelings that you know there was a period two weeks ago where, you know, Trump started saying, you know, the cure can't be worse than the disease, and he was toying around with the idea of turning everything back on right away in the middle of all this. And one of the things that was really powerful at that point was if you started doing the polls, and you looked at some of the polls from back then, one of the things that was striking is, you know, this is right in the, the, the beginning of this where, you know, millions of people were losing their jobs every week. Every day the stock market was declining you know, by 800 points, 1,000 points, people were scared. When you asked them what they were more afraid of, more people across the country were saying they were scared of, you know, they, their economic ruin for right. them and their family than they were get, of getting the coronavirus. And right. Trump was, was understood that at an intuitive level, got up there and said, the cure can't be worse than disease. What he was signaling is, hey, we're going to make sure. Now, it's all BS, and that's the problem. The Democrats can't call him on that. But what he was saying was, you know, I understand the fact that you're more scared about the economy, and I'm on it. And even if all the other this stuff is noise and it doesn't filter through, if no one's able to call him on that and challenge that narrative, then he gets to he gets to do something very important in that moment, which is comfort really scared people um, about the economy, and that's what they were really scared about. And it's, I, I pulled the thread on that in this moment because here we are in the the week where there is the most death so far, and where the right is out there saying, all right, here we go, victory, you know, mission accomplished. There are literally, you know, facilities like ice skating rinks and refrigerator trucks being converted to house dead bodies because there are so many of them, okay? And yet we can't somehow, there isn't anything happening to explain in America this is happening. And somehow the president is escaping any meaningful critique from, from both, from, from, political leaders, which in turn has an effect on the media narrative, because then you either then have to, and I'm I'm criticizing the media for not doing it, but on the other hand, they're not the combatants here, right? They can be the adjudicators, they can help reinforce the narrative, but in a way, by not making some of those arguments, they allow for him to reinforce a completely false narrative to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's what worries me. There's, someone was saying to me earlier, how the Democrats should have a response to his daily press briefings that we all agree shouldn't be covered in the first place. But, but here's the problem. Um, I want to share something with you. Carol, the the, the former ABC legendary anchor, Carol Simpson, 
mm. was on AM Joy about two weeks ago. She said, see, people thought he was holding his press briefing so late because he was waiting on the markets to close. But what she said she believes he's doing is purposely preempting local evening news. Yeah. Because otherwise, local evening news would lead with the reality of the stories going on in people's hometowns. Most people still get their news from their local channel. And so he preempts that with these ridiculous press briefings that are just nothing, just him blowing. Um, and, and that really helps to confuse people and, and set us back. It's true. And to reinforce that point, we did, a, we did our, the first wave of research of local news the last week. And we did surveys. We looked at all of the eight states just to see what the local news coverage was. And outside of the Fox-owned and operated stations, there's a few, and a couple of the Sinclair ones. When the local news does talk about this, it's absolutely devastating. I mean, they are, they are to your point, they're giving a clear picture. They're, not, they're definitely not letting him off the hook. And I, I do think that the coverage itself would reinforce the idea that it's important from his perspective to try to preempt some of that because of the fact that it's, right. it's, it's, it's so devastating to yeah. him. It's, it's like the, the Bush administration uh, ending the, the coverage of the bodies coming to Dover, Delaware during, during right. the, the war. Um, I mean, that finished Lyndon Johnson. You know, I mean, it, it, they didn't know that, though. If they, somebody said, hey, Lyndon, you don't need to show that, then he probably would not have done it. Um, yep. So it's to say, and, and unfortunately, I mean, what do we know most about local news? The rule of thumb is if it bleeds, it leads. I don't necessarily always agree with that, but it's applicable and, and perhaps appropriate from an information point of view, objectively, in this crisis. Um, what I cannot abide is the continued, unchallenged, unfiltered. And see, networks now have the ability, uh, Angelo, to, they have the, the crawl at the bottom of the screen, they have the ticker, they have the infographics. Why not, if you're going to show the stupid press conference that you shouldn't show, at least put up infographic fact check balloons, factoids in real time while he's up yeah. there talking. I, I don't understand yeah. why people are too lazy to do that. I, I know. They don't have the, they They just can't. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> I, I mean, no, because, I, and I thought about it, like, you know, what about the, how about they'll give them the benefit of the doubt? Like, for example, with the State of the Union or some of these, you know, where they get the text in advance. Right? right, which means they could actually do the fact checking before he says it and have those th- those kinds of mechanics ready. They can't. They still don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and fundamentally, that's the problem. The problem is if you can't broadcast what he says live because it's so saturated with misinformation, then you shouldn't be broadcasting it. Mm-hmm. You can you can part you can highlight parts of it, right? Now I'll be fair. Say, look, you, you, I'm not saying black out the president of the United States, but you can't. You you shouldn't. You shouldn't just give people medical misinformation. I mean, he's out there telling people to take hydroxychloroquine when it hurts people that we know need it, where it's proven to work. And on the other hand, people should not be trying to self-administer that stuff. Yeah. Right? And that's, I mean, this is, people, I mean, there was a couple in Arizona that thought they got their hands on some, and one of them died. Yeah. And when they when they asked the wife why how this came about, she said, "Well, we, we the president told us to take it." Mm. 
It's nuts. And like, and that's a small example of the bigger thing. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it, the thing that really upsets me about that is it, it's, it's like, you know, do we, do we learn our lesson? Do they learn their lesson? And you know, we had empty podiums in 2016 and this is empty podiums all over again, except now the empty podiums have barbed wire on them. It's like, I don't get it. Like they, we, they know this is a problem. And when you let him dominate the narrative like that, he can he can completely weave a false impression, which is that he's on it, but when it's not. And, you know, it's bad enough that, you know, they never – if Yamish did not ask that question right. when she did, thank God for her, um, about him closing the pandemic response office, at that point it had not received a single mention in any national coverage, in news or television, not one, in hundreds of news segments – just about his response for over a 30-day period, it was never mentioned once. And so, it, it, it sort of, and my point in that is that it's twofold. On the one hand, it's not like they're out there every day making, painting a clear picture for people on just how hollowed out the response capabilities were intentionally, even leading up to this pandemic, which intensified and weakened our response. And on the other hand, right, they're handing the microphone over to him. So it's like, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're spilling out the cup and giving it to him to fill back up. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a, we're getting hit on both sides of this. So there's right. a, a, it, it's worse than just giving him the, 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 the microphone. They've also cleared the deck. Yeah, they have. They have. Uh, a little bird told me this, too. And I hope this isn't true. Um, that, you know, you saw a situation with Yamiche and you see him get into it with yeah. other reporters that in some of these newsrooms and assignment desks that continue to cover this, there is almost a desire for their uh, uh, correspondents to be at the press conference and perhaps even um, become a target yep. of his so yep. that then they go viral themselves. You know, and and that's just—I don't know—is is there a word for um, double cannibalism? I mean, where two <laughs> two two people eat themselves at the same time? <laughs> the snake eating his tail. I mean, that's just—I hope that's not true. I mean, somebody said that to me. This is a very reputable journalist. I said, please, God, you cannot say that to me and be serious that this is really what's going on. But then, when you think about it, you, you, you have to you 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 have to. Wonder, and again, I don't know whether that's as bad or worse. I mean, you all even highlighting one of the New York Times headlines recently. I mean, I, I mean, this even even that when you some people aren't even pouring the whole cup out. Some people leave a little bit, like the New York Times does. Sometimes they leave a little bit in the cup, Angelo. Oh, yeah. Well, well you know, he kind of no. That's not what he said. That's a lie. <laughs> Call it what it is. Put it on the headline. Uh, 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 I'm trying to remember. There was one story you are one headline they. They said uh, something about testing, how, well, you know, Trump, That's right. Trump pushes back as to whether or not there's really a shortage on testing. What? Yeah, he says, he says tests are available everywhere. Governors disagree. We know they're not available everywhere. We're like, what, what, what does that mean? You know, it's like he, they both sides it. It's not, it's, it's, and that's the problem. You know, they treat that as a, as they treat the actual information, facts, things that are provable, as if we don't know them. We know the tests are not available. They know that. Well, why are they not telling people that? You know, they, 70% of people that read the news only read the headline. No, I'm not criticizing that. 
I'm just saying that that's how people consume. Right. If you're reading the news, 70% of it, 70% of the people who read the news are, are only reading the headline and maybe the subheadline. That's and, and, it. And then they're normalizing him um, yeah. in, in those headlines. Um, the, the whole, I mean, him admitting to taking advice from Sean Hannity. I mean, these, these, th- this cult of personality. I mean, you, you may, as well, may as well be watching Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Or one of those other people. I mean, they, they kind of border on that, the Fox personalities. Where are we on the cable subscriber fees? So I think this is a really interesting place because th- th- three things are sort of happening right now. One is um, I talked to a Fox News advertiser yesterday um, that was that not only it had re- removed their ads, but is demanding a refund from Fox News. And that's a big deal because they're going to get the refund. Okay. And once that happens, they're going to start to push others to do it. Because their point is this one, they're, 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 they have a, everyone has a money interest right now in saving some cash. Number two, they have a pretty clear case that Fox violated their contract in some of this, in some of the terms of the, the, the their program. So okay. they're going to go for it. And I think they're going to get it. Um, so one is there's this mm. business angle that's coming in from one end, which is that they're vulnerable. Number two, there's this thing coming on from the side around these Fox News losses and around the litigation pending around how their, how their misinformation Will you know? Will potentially make them liable to lawsuits. It's, it's probably going to make them liable to attorney, state attorney general actions, which has pre-trial discovery. That's relevant because, and this is going to get to the to the cable thing in a second. That's relevant because it's another thing that sort of softens them up. You know, it's like it's like punching them in the in the in the, in the ribs a while. Eventually, it makes it soft. And what happens is, what's going to come out of that discovery is going to look pretty bad for Fox because it's pretty clear that they collaborated. But either way, that blood in the water means money that they're going to have to spend to defend themselves, which they're already starting to lawyer up right now. So then this third bucket is these cable negotiations. And so in this moment right now, Fox is, uh, is, is a small period where they have none, then there's going to start back up again in another couple of weeks. They have the, their biggest weapon going into this, their single biggest piece of leverage. And part of why they concentrated a lot of these negotiations over the summer was in anticipation of this, is sports. And they don't have a lot of sports right now. So the last negotiation that they did was with Hulu, and they, they threatened to turn off the Super Bowl if Hulu didn't give them what they wanted. They, had, they, had this, they don't have live sports. So they don't have their biggest piece of ammunition. They have blood in the water in terms of the lawsuits and in terms of the, uh, in terms of the, um, of the advertisers demanding refunds. Last week alone, we had 100,000 people sign up for the Unfox My Cable Box campaign. So they came in, they gave their cable, their, their, their information, their cable, you know, what service they use for cable. We're in the process of not just following up with each of them, but giving them some instructions based off of which provider they have on how they could first start the process of doing it. I hope in the next week or so, we're going to be able to announce one provider that's going to start providing people with a Fox free option. We're almost at the edge of that negotiation, which is a big deal, because it means now people can leave their current provider pretty easily and move over to another that gives them the option of not having Fox News. Um, And that's going to be a big deal, because there hasn't been one like that yet. You know, right now you can tell your cable provider you want them to pay Fox News less. You could threaten to walk away. We can help you get all your channels, you know, ad hoc through all these different services, you know, with 30 passwords. And trust me, it's worth it, but... 
and, and the pressure is worth it, just ask them to dial it down. But we haven't had that simple turnover, hey, one-to-one, let's just jump over to Sling here and get this done. And so, okay. Okay. Or, or another service. And so that's the easy thing. It's just it's the ideal is to be able to give people a service where they can jump over to it without Fox News. And so that's where we're moving to. And I think that's going to make the – that's going to increase the ammunition with, during these negotiations because – it's going to give people an easier alternative, and I and that's where it's at. Ultimately, where Fox runs into real trouble here is twofold. One, they can't; they have to not just maintain their current rates of two bucks, but they really need to get up to three or three three dollars or three fifty. Because just to put a, a fine number on this, mm-hmm. in 2017, Tucker Carlson's show made 100 million dollars in advertising revenue. If you combine how much advertising revenue he made in 2018 and 2019 as a result of all the advertiser losses, it is not what he, what he made in 2017. Mm-hmm. Combined, he only made about $73 million. Wow. That's, that's like a $100 million loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? And so when you multiply that across multiple programs, they need the subscriber fees to go up just to keep even. So that's where it's at right now. I mean, 100,000 people signing up last week is a big deal because this isn't just like a petition, right? This is a slightly elevated type of action. And people are home right now, so and they're watching TV, so they're much yeah. closely connected to it. So that's where, well, that's, that's where I feel great about the progress on that. Yeah. It, does make a, it does make a difference. And it says a lot, I mean, that people are taking the time to do it in this crisis. Um, that Definitely. says a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that says a lot right there. So, Angelo, is there any good news in terms of viewership in general of Fox? I mean, do, are we able to figure out whether any more people are just turning that thing off? They're not. They're not. They're not. They are. Cable news viewership is up 80%. So even if you factor out the coronavirus spike of cable news consumption, the Fox audience has been relatively stable. Now, there is a dip in certain programs like Hannity and Ingram and some of their news programming. Um, you know, in the, there was a dip in the fall, uh, uh, and, and that's just that people were tuning out because the narrative for Trump wasn't very good. Tucker stayed stable and, in fact, increased at that point. Um, and I think it's revealing because it's signs of 2016 all over again. One of the things that happened in 2016 with Steve Bannon and Breitbart is that they understood that they could grow the size of their base by cross-pollinating with, you know, with the men's rights community, with the white genocide community. And that's something that Tucker understands, that he can, he does, he's not as stuck in the same box as Hannity or Ingram is, that he has flexibility to appeal to different constituencies and, and, and grow his audience. And so he sort of gives these people programming. You know, his, his producers are, are posting on these communities, saying, give us segment ideas. We'll run your part, you know, your, right. your segment. And that's important. You know, like in radio, engagement matters. And it's the same thing. Here's engaging with the audience in a way where you're producing segments based off of feedback you're getting on, on, on message board communities. You, people tune in for that. And so that part means, in a way, Fox's static audience is stable, maybe slightly dipped. They're, this slightly new strain of extremists have been tuning in partly to watch Tucker. Now, they can't commercialize it, which I think is the good thing here. They can't say, look at our great ratings, give us more money. In fact, it's the opposite. But it is an illustration of the fact that they're beginning the process of trying to adapt 
to um, you know to a newer version of Fox that's going to be a little bit more durable and and sustainable. The the, the biggest threat to them is going to be One American News. The only that's the only piece of this where I don't even know if it's a silver lining, but one of the things where you know one of the things that happened is Fox perceived itself as kind of softening a little bit a few weeks ago when they went from Trish Regan. Remember, she got fired. I mean, back in the day, it used to be a big deal when a Fox yeah. host gets fired. You know? right. It's like, you know, she got fired because of this. And uh, uh, she, But when they fired her and shifted gears a little bit, um, a, a segment of the Fox audience you know, you know, started to shift to One America News for a time period because they felt like Fox was getting too soft for them. And, and some of them will stay with One America News you know, it's not tons of people, you know, a few 10,000, 15,000 or so, but that's how, you know, they, they get their audience picked away. That's in a way, weird way bad because it means more people are consuming One American News, but in a weird way good because, you know, Fox's power comes from the fact that they are consolidated. They're like a closed fist of misinformation. We don't need them to be <laughs> broken up completely. We just need to soften up that hand a little bit. So we kind of want them food fighting um, a tiny bit and having the audience be a little bit more cannibalized. So that they're not they're not able to speak to just this one consolidated block so much. I'm glad you brought that. I almost forgot Trish. So I I don't right. I still don't quite get that. Was she, was that just all for, for PR and show? Because yeah, because I mean she didn't say anything any different than anybody else said. She didn't. She just happened to be, you know, she got. Um, I, I mean, look, I I think in all fairness, I look, I think she was treated appropriately and that she should have been sanctioned. But I also, I, it's not to defend her, but she was clearly treated unfairly in that there was, no, like to your point, she was saying nothing different than anybody else was saying. Um, and, you know, the, and, and then continued to say, so why would she think it was against editorial standards? It wasn't, you know, it was not, it was not, what she said was not inappropriate based off of what Fox News had been, you know, telling their people was and was not acceptable during that time period. Her sin was twofold. One, you know, she happened to be the one to get a lot of attention. You know, when when we published that clip, it had more than 10 million views in 24 hours. Um, so she, and, and in a way, she became a symbol of a whole bunch of different Fox News narratives at the time. And then the important part of the follow-up of that story is that when they fired her that Friday, because remember, they fired her a whole, after a whole week. In the course of that week, there were two things that happened. One, we sent a memo to all these media buyers being like, you are in big trouble. This is what's happening on Fox News. And we didn't just show them Trish Regan. We actually gave them a 50-page book on everything else Fox News had been saying, just to give them an illustration of how, in, how much of Fox's coverage was repeating the same stuff that Trish Regan was saying. And then the second thing is, we did is we went to all the cable providers and said, you know, this is the people you're negotiating with right now that are trying to get 100, you know, 75, 100% increases. So this is their programming that you're going to give them more money for. And that once your customers find out about this, especially because everything is so localized, um, you're going to have to explain that to the community that you service. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult. And one of the things that happened in that five-day period is they started to get pressure. They fired Trish Regan as a symbol for the fact that they were going to change gears. What I find really important about that is that before their programming changed, because that's when they started to say that it's no longer a hoax, that it's real, before their programming changed, Tucker Carlson was dispatched to meet with Donald Trump. And, you know, they, pr they framed it as, wow, Tucker's a hero. You know, he went and told the president that it's real. No, 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 no. He went to save Fox News. Because imagine this. On Friday, they're calling it a hoax. On Saturday, they're going to start calling it a threat. 
You can't do that if the, you don't tell Trump that you're, that you're about to change your coverage in a full 180, right? So Tucker's job was to go and basically explain to Trump why on Friday they, they were saying it was, it was BS and people should take a trip, and why starting on Saturday they were going to start talking about it as a real threat. And so what he was really there doing was essentially convincing Trump that, it was, that Fox News was not trying to shiv him when they were going to change their, 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 their tone. But the, the important part about it was Trish Regan was a symbol to the corporate interests, to their shareholders, that, hey, you know, we are, we are shifting gears here. And that was their way of demonstrating and illustrating that. And, you know, there was other stuff that was happening in the background. You know, that same week, the Murdochs were canceling private events. Rupert Murdoch canceled his birthday party, you know, I mean, and uh, because of the coronavirus. And yet on Fox News' programming, you know, you had Trish Regan and you had their other personalities telling people to book vacations and take trips to own the libs. Yeah. You know, and it's like completely contradictory. So they needed ahead, basically, to show that they were serious about a change in coverage, and that was really it. I, and I, but nothing, you know, they let everybody else off the hook. She was expendable, unfortunately, you know, for her. And that's, that's, the, that's the truth. Think about it. She was on Fox Business. Yeah. You know, that clip that was the biggest piece of attention she ever got. Right. right so, right. yeah, that's, that's, that's but, sort of what happened. She was a scapegoat. But now, so, and thank you for explaining that. That's, and really, it, that all adds up now. But Tucker going to say that to Trump, yep. I mean, I wonder how Trump received that, though. I mean, I don't he doesn't seem to be one to be to be just narcissistic sometimes, but all the time. Right. I mean, that's the part that I find so fascinating about it is that they chose Tucker as a delivery mechanism. Right. And that he was the one to do it, to explain that this thing is real that we have to talk about it in a different way on Fox News. I and mean, obviously, Trump, you know, Trump was fine, right? Because he didn't blame I mean, Imagine in, in any other scenario, that just, that's the kind of thing he would attack uh, Fox News for. Because if you look at right. their programming, you know, they, they, they did. It's not like they became good. But they started to talk about the coronavirus like a real threat that requires yeah. people to engage in social distancing. and Overnight. You know, he, yeah, overnight. And so he would have lambasted. You know, Tucker, and that's the part that I find fascinating, is how Tucker managed to explain this to Trump. And, you know, the one thing that I think is interesting is, at least if you go back during that time period, and it didn't last very long, and everything was, there was so much happening, but, you know, that same time that that was happening, there were two things that Tucker was saying, that one of which that Trump repeated. If you notice early on, Trump was talking about building the wall in Me- along Mexico, again, where... You know, there, we have to continue that, and it's important. We're going to put agents to, uh, down in the south border. One of the things that Tucker was saying is that the Chinese people, the Chinese government is sending sick people through the Mexican border, right? <laughs> so they kind of did it in a way to align with – one of the narratives was that it was aligning with Trump's idea of, right. okay, you know, border protection. The second part that I thought was interesting that got, it got buried a lot, but I thought it should have been a, little, a lot more controversial, to be honest, is that, you know, Tucker – even though Tucker was warning that the coronavirus was real, one of the things he was also saying at the same time was that we have to be really careful, especially thinking about the Democrats' economic response, because this is part of the great replacement theory, and they're going to try to replace you. This is going to be the moment where they replace you with immigrants and people of color, that they're going to take your wealth while you're stuck in your house, and they're going to replace you. And so what you have to do is recognize that it's a threat. You need to protect yourself. 
But we also need to be really mindful of this time period because you know, it could be a, a moment where we can identify where the real sources of the problem are. And at that point, he, identi he identified a few populations, one of which was the home homeless. He was very right. big on saying we should round up all homeless people and get rid of them. I, I don't know what he meant by get rid of them. Um, it's not like he, was all <laughs> he wasn't putting in place a very active public works program. But I think that what Tucker's pitch to Trump was is that Bottom line, this thing's going to kill a bunch of people, including your constituencies. You can use it to push some nativist ideology um, and, you know, and, and ultimately win this thing in a scrum. And, and I, I based that assessment on what he was saying, you know, a composite of what of the major themes he was saying in the subsequent you know, two weeks, which was, it's real, I, 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 I'm evidence-based, but you know, blame Chinese people. <laughs> and, right? I mean, and, 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 and there's a clear correlation, too, because we look back, it was, you know, there was this when China, when Trump started refer when when Trump started referring to it as the Chinese virus, you know, that, that just that was more than just you know words. It actually affected public policy. Remember, the United States of America did not sign the G7 document related to coronavirus in the middle of March because they refused to call it the Chinese virus. Yeah, you know, and you know, and so I mean, I mean, but in the lead up to that, it was Fox and in particular Tucker Carlson who was advocating for the use of the term Chinese virus. So I guess my point to you is, the short answer is, I think he pitched him on the racism. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, that's the, that, I mean, truly, I think he pitched, I think he made this, the case, because I think he can make the case probably better than Hannity could. And, uh, and I, I think he pitched him on the racism. I do. I think he pitched him on the fact that at the end of the day, this is a thing that, that you know, that, that aligns with a lot of our nativist worldview. And, and it's coming anyway. And I think that, and remember, Tucker did a very similar thing during the Iranian strikes. And I think that that is the difference between him and, say, Laura Ingram and, and uh, Laura Ingram and, um, and, and, and Hannity, is that, I mean, is that they were not as much of, you know, he wasn't as much of a Bush shill in the same way, because he's always had that kind of anti-establishment but still horrible sort of approach right. that I think gives him a little bit of a lane with Trump that's distinct from others. Right, right, right. Wow. Um, yeah, that 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 adds up. That that makes sense in terms of what they were really up to. Yeah. Something else, folks. Unfox my cable box on Facebook. Dot uh, com. Uh, and also dot com, right? But, but it's on, yep. I know it's on Facebook too. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, either way, ever you want to do it, um, let's let's get this done. Uh, Media Matters is again watching all this so you don't really have to you don't have to subject yourselves to it uh, this is if you ever wanted to take advantage of MediaMatters.org now is the time the president is Angelo Carasone Angelo thank you continue to be safe my friend you and thank yours thank you very okay? much alright yep. man take care
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.